supplemental health benefits are seeing a resurgence as employees try to cover exposures for themselves and their families. What strategies and coverages are working? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. A lot of employers are trying to find other ways to create unique and great experiences for their employees beyond just their core medical plans. And of course, one of the ways that they can do that is using supplemental health benefits or what my friend Eric Silverman calls, and I think it's probably a better term, enhanced benefits, because it really does make a big difference to people. And we asked Mike Zarillo, who's chief revenue officer at Brella Insurance, to join us because he's an expert in all of this stuff. And we want to learn about the state of the market and what's new and what's coming and all of that good stuff. So with that, welcome, Mike. David, thank you. Great to be with you today. Our pleasure. So let's level set for the audience. What is the size and scope of this market? What's the opportunity? If I'm an advisor, what am I looking at? Yeah, you know, and I think I'll start answering that question really with the way you framed it from the beginning, you know, the supplemental benefits marketplace today, supplemental health insurance. And I love the terminology enhanced benefits. I joke with folks in the industry, you know, I think we're wired to hear supplemental and think voluntary benefits or worksite benefits. And if you look at the definition of supplemental, nowhere in the definition are those terms. What the definition of supplemental is, is something that enhances or completes something else. And a good supplemental benefit should enhance or complete the underlying health insurance plan. So if you think about that as the backdrop, it is a very large marketplace today, about a $15 billion market. I happen to think it should be much larger, and we can chat about some of the reasons for that later. But at the end of the day, employees today are facing challenges like never before when it comes to their out-of-pocket exposure. And a good supplemental health insurance plan should do its part to bridge those gaps and uh, create less of financial burdens and hardships for employees when they suffer unexpected medical issues. So what's the opportunity for me? If I'm an advisor, you know, the core medical stuff is complicated enough. Why do I want to mess with this stuff? Why, from an advisor standpoint, why is this important? Is it about keeping other advisors out who are offering this? Is it about creating a better experience for workers? Is it all the above? Is it some other stuff? Why do I want to think about incorporating this in my practice? Yeah, you know, and I think it comes down to what we are all doing, broker, advisors, insurance carriers, employers. Uh, we serve the employee. We serve the employee and their families and, and those covered members. And at the foundation, if you think about what's happened today, if we look back over the last 25 years, I mean, we know healthcare inflation has skyrocketed. You know, we talk about higher deductibles. We talk about higher premiums at levels uh, like never before. And that's for sure. Those numbers and those statistics are staggering. In fact, over the last 25 years, deductibles have increased almost 800%. Now, 
that's an eye-opening number. But what's more shocking is employee wage growth. Household income over the same 25-year period has increased 18%. So it's the gap that is just continuing to get wider. And when you think about today's typical employee, 60% would say that they would have a tough time covering an unexpected $1,000 expense. And with an average single deductible nationally of about $1,600, according to the Kaiser Foundation, the math doesn't work. We're already upside down. The typical employee today, it's not necessarily high deductibles. Any deductible can feel like a high deductible for way too many American families. So as broker advisors, employers, insurance carriers, we all have an obligation to do our part to ensure that those challenges become less and less cumbersome for American families. So one, it's doing good work. It's making sure that uh, employers and employees have an opportunity to bridge the gaps that are, are creating really significant financial strain. The second piece, though, is a good supplemental health insurance plan, back to its definition, is an enhancement of the most important topic on a broker advisor's to-do list, and that's the health insurance strategy. So a good supplemental health insurance plan helps that broker advisor with another lever to pull in designing the right plan, making sure that employees are covered, employer costs are contained. And with that, to your last point around um, making sure that as a an advisor, you're doing the work to prevent another advisor from coming in and actually doing that work for you. So our view is supplemental health insurance really should be you know, the next most important benefit in the portfolio because it strengthens the most important benefit in the portfolio. So let's flip the question and look at it from an employer's perspective. An employer, most employers, especially in the small and mid-market, are going, you know what, this stuff is complicated enough. I already got enough administrative nonsense to do, especially if they're an ALE and all that other gobbledygook. From an employer standpoint, why do I want to consider offering this? Well, I think it goes back to the need for employees again, and I won't cover those, you know, sort of those statistics. But I think employees, I mean, the job of employee benefits, right, is to attract and retain employee talent and ensure productivity and retention with their workforce. And if you think about it, you know, 56% of employees say that their willingness to stay with an employer, according to a SHRM study, has a lot to do with their major medical health insurance. So, you know, one way to strengthen a health insurance strategy or offering for employees is to ensure that their out-of-pocket exposures are contained, protected, bridged, so that those unexpected issues don't become real significant hardships. And I think from an employer's perspective, absolutely, their plate is as full as it's ever been, whether it's benefits or other regulations and administration and compliance, all of the things that employer has to take on today. Back to the importance of health insurance and the overall health insurance plan and strategy for employer groups, there may be other benefits in the portfolio that just aren't as important. And I think for some employers, it could be reassessing where their dollars are going, what benefits are being offered. Are there ways to simplify their offerings to ensure that a health insurance plan and strategy is enhanced to its fullest capability? I think there are options out there for that. So if you're an employer who is looking to do what benefits should do, and that's attract and retain and keep employees with you and productive, strengthening your health insurance is obviously a top priority. Sure. I'm now... When most of us think about it, it's funny that you went through the entire nomenclature of, I think what you call these benefits depends on how long you've been in the business, but call them what you will. When we think about these, I'm going to call them enhanced benefits because I really like that term. When you talk about these, we typically think about things like accident or critical illness or hospital indemnity. 
Two-part question. First, what are you seeing as the most desired of these benefits? And second part of the question, is there anything new on the horizon? Yeah. You know, I think the products you mentioned, hospital indemnity, accident, critical illness insurance, those products have been around a long time, decades. In fact, when you think about when those products were created, the challenges we face today didn't exist. You know, deductibles were a couple hundred bucks and the employee needs were very different. You know, I think the challenges with those current products, if I may, is that they are separate products and on their own were never really designed to cover very much. And I think, again, not really an indictment. That's the way the products were designed and developed. But the world around us has changed. And I think what employees are looking for is certainly in the analysis that we've done here at Brella is that employees are looking for wide ranging coverage. They know that they cannot predict what's going to happen to them in any given year at any given time. So do I buy that critical illness plan that's only covering a handful of the most dangerous or life-threatening conditions? Or, you know, am I looking for something that might cover me across a full spectrum because I don't know what's going to happen and I am certainly exposed if I suffer an unexpected, you know, medical issue. And I think what's on the horizon is simplicity. And if you think about those products, again, we're just living in a world where insurance products by design are complex. They're hard to understand. They're full of nomenclature that the typical employee or consumer has a tough time understanding. I think consumers are looking for simplicity. One way to do that is to drastically simplify the insurance product. Take three products, make it one so that the employee isn't having to guess and choose between multiple products. The employer isn't having to administer multiple products. The broker advisor isn't having to keep tabs on multiple products and carriers who are are active in that space. So we think simplicity is the biggest opportunity and where the marketplace is, is going. And I think the other thing I would say, David, is simplifying insurance product allows you to do some really interesting things when it comes to technology and the delivery of that product, not only to broker advisors and employers and implementing new benefits and getting those stood up in time for an open enrollment and and ongoing plan administration, but for employees to use those benefits. They're designed to be used, or at least should be. And when you simplify the insurance product, you can do some really interesting things with technology to simplify the claims process, make enrollment easier, and do all of the things that technology enables us to do today. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, back to our discussion. And I want to touch on both of those things. But first, a question. What might a, we'll call it a constructed benefit look like? And instead of talking about, you know, individual little bits of benefits, as like, for example, the three that we were talking about, what might a, I'll call it a constructed benefit look like? Yeah, I love that term, by the way, constructed benefit. 
I think where it starts is, you know, the nature of insurance. What triggers a benefit? And in the conventional product sense, there's various triggers. Sometimes it's the definition of a condition. Sometimes it's it's how the condition happened, like an accident plan. Sometimes it's where you were treated or, or are you admitted to a hospital? And those can be very different. So I think the first way in which you can build a constructed benefit, a more simplified benefit, is to create a sort of universal approach as to how that benefit is triggered. And one way to do that is simply on the diagnosis, right? doesn't really matter where the treatment happened, how the injury or illness occurred, you know, where your treatment took place, it matters as to what is wrong with you. What was your medical diagnosis and is that condition covered or not? And I think that's really the starting point to begin to simplify and strip away the complexity around how do I even qualify for a benefit? And, and our view of, of that is the simpler insurance starts with a much simpler benefit trigger. And then the other piece is, what does it cover? You know, and I think back to this idea of the spectrum of medical issues is a wide spectrum. You know, we talk often about medical conditions that range from simple cuts with stitches to appendicitis to heart attacks, strokes, and cancers. Those can happen to any one of us at any given time. So an insurance product that's not only simpler on the benefit trigger, but covers more to take away some of that guesswork really starts to build what makes sense when you think about a constructed benefit. When you explain those to employees, do you arrange them kind of like a continuum? Like I could see a continuum from accident to hospital indemnity to critical illness. It's kind of like a timeline. Is that the way you go about doing that? I think so. And I think you're absolutely on the right track. I would evolve that one step further and say, think about presenting it on this spectrum of severity. There are conditions that happen and they may be as moderate as a cut with stitches. They may be as severe as a about appendicitis, and, and it could certainly be more, you know, life-threatening or dangerous, and in some cases catastrophic, like a heart attack or stroke or cancer. And when I think when you present to employees that that spectrum is wide, it really resonates with employees because they get it. We've all lived with that in our lives. We understand a medical issue or condition can be as mild and moderate or as severe and catastrophic as, as I just outlined. I think when you present it through the lens of how it happens and, and where you're treated, that adds another level of complexity. Our view is keep it simple. If you're dealing with a medical issue or an, an injury or a condition, it's going to fall somewhere on a spectrum of severity. And think about that in the way in which a you know, supplemental benefit plan could work. It's a much simpler explanation for employees. That's interesting. So let's go back to talking about the technology. The, the first question is, I'm an employee. Does the technology help me figure out which benefits I should buy? Or are we only talking about a bundled product? Yeah, great question. So in my mind, this idea of a constructed benefit is a single product. I think where we run into some of the challenges today is very different products with different names and different purposes that can, you know, be somewhat fatiguing for, you know, employees who are going through an enrollment. So it starts with a single product that just so happens to cover a wide range of medical issues. Our view is that's, that's the perfect design of a supplemental health insurance plan. And I think the technology comes in a couple of different ways. One is not only in demonstrating how the plan works 
during an enrollment experience, educating employees, allowing them to get some plan recommendations that fit their own unique needs and situations, but then also, you know, taking that enrollment to an ongoing experience and membership with the company around how do I use my benefits? How do those actually play out in the event that I have an, uh, an issue and drastically simplifying what I may need to, uh, to actually qualify for a benefit and submit a claim? So in our view, technology should span that entire life cycle from enrollment to claim utilization and benefit utilization. When you construct a product, and you, uh, that is to say you bundle a bunch of different benefits together in the way that you're explaining, and I think that does simplify it greatly for the client, is there also on the back end, on the claims end, I'm an old TPA, so I always ask TPA-related type questions, is there less of a chance of the benefits being selected against? So, you know, you don't only get young couples with three boys buying accident coverage. They're buying all of the coverages. Does that kind of level out the claims curve a little bit? You know, I think it does. You know, I think, again, you know, we often say, you know, medical claims are medical claims. And typically, you know, those conditions are going to follow a fairly similar spectrum of what could happen to any given individual. So our view of, of that is, you know, that the topic of claim utilization is one that when you build a product that covers a lot of conditions and is designed to be a single product that strips away the guesswork and, and maybe the gamble of what should I buy, you should expect claim utilization to be higher. And I think that's okay. And I think a good constructed benefit, if I use your term, a product that's simpler, should follow this idea of condition severity, right? What you pay out on a cut with stitches is obviously going to be less than what you may pay out on a, an appendicitis diagnosis or on a heart attack or a cancer diagnosis. So I think the ability to base a product purely on diagnosis allows you to more effectively from an actuarial perspective, understand what you may expect from a claim incidence perspective and build your product accordingly. Our view of it is that, you know, that is a more predictable sort of path of claim utilization than maybe some of the conventional products that have embedded in those restrictions and definitions that may or may not lead to a benefit. So we all know that engagement follows education. Talk a little bit about how you go about educating employees so they understand, A, the importance of these benefits, and B, the role they fill as gap fillers, if you will, in their traditional plans. What's that process like? Yeah, you know, I think there has to be, it has to start with a commitment to that process. You know, it's easy to see employees enroll in a benefit and hope they remember to use it. And that's a really, that's an easy path. Unfortunately, we see that play out oftentimes that, you know, employees just simply forget that they have these benefits. You know, our view of this is, you know, we live in a world where folks are hanging on to that iPhone or Android device all the time. And everybody, regardless of demographic and age and location, and, and everyone has one of those devices. So it starts with technology and making sure that we can connect with employees and keep that product front and center in their mind, whether that be from enrollment when we're going through that process of education to post-enrollment where we're reminding them that they have coverage, where maybe you're pinging an employee when they're in a facility, reminding them that they have supplemental health insurance. Maybe it's an email campaign that's very committed to ensure that when employees haven't filed a claim in a certain period of time or haven't interacted with the product or service that you're reminding them that they have it. So I think it starts with a commitment. And I think it really is delivered through a commitment on technology to 
ensure staying front and center with employees is, is even possible, which today is much easier than ever before. When you say pinging somebody when they're at a particular facility, are you talking about an app that uses things like geofencing or is that kind of future? Is that not here yet? No, that's exactly it. And, and that technology exists right now and certainly exists at, at our company because, again, we want employees to uh, make sure that they have access to those benefits. So that technology uh, through just very, you know, very simple location services on our devices is, is very commonplace today. And, you know, asking an employee, where are you likely to receive care when they're setting up their account allows for that technology to ping them, to remind them, to nudge them that if you're in that facility, don't forget you may be covered for a supplemental health insurance benefit is, is really powerful. That's very cool because they don't remember until after the fact. We've got just about a minute left. What do you see as the future? Where is this driving to? Well, I think the future is all about, as I said earlier, simplicity and technology. Our view of it is it's really not rocket science. In order to simplify that experience, you have to simplify the insurance product. And when you do that, you know, you can leverage technology. In fact, our view is they go hand in hand. Great technology today allows us to simplify the insurance product. You just have to be willing to do it. And simpler insurance allows you to leverage technology in a way that delivers a consumer experience that, you know, our employees and their families deserve. So in our mind, that simplification is happening right now. And I think that's the trend. All stakeholders benefit from it. And that's a great place to end our chat for today. Mike Zarillo, Chief Revenue Officer at Brella Insurance. Mike, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with the audience. David, thank you. It was great to be with you. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.